Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening! I am glad to be here, and let me get the screen settled here a little bit. All right, wrong buttons. You know how I'm about my buttons. Good evening, and it's great to be here tonight. I'm really excited about tonight's show. I mean, really excited because I have never been to Waverly Hills, but um, I've had other investigators tell me about it, and I'm just so stoked, so stoked to have this gentleman on to talk to him about it. My name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. For some reason, this is really in my face, so we got to fix this. Okay, I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so, and... Uh, we are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. We have investigators up and down the state of California, Oregon, Washington, uh, Nevada, and some people in Hawaii. And uh, we are a nonprofit. And all this that you see here, all the equipment, everything here, you know, uh, as a nonprofit, it all comes out of my pocket to pay for it. And uh, you can see that ticker running at the bottom. And I'm, this is like KVIE this week. We're in our pledge time right now because we need to pay the bills this month. And uh, we want to stay on the air. Uh, internet, you know, internet, uh, websites, all that good stuff. And if you could help us out a little bit, uh, please do at paypal.me at California Haunts. Anyway, again, we're, I'm really excited to be here. And I'm really excited to have our guest here. He is the uh, director of tours at the Waverly at the at Waverly Hills, and I know a lot of you guys know about Waverly, a lot of you guys and gals out there know more about probably a lot more about Waverly Hills than I do. I just know what I've been told, and I've had investigators who have actually gone on the tours there, and uh, they've come back really, really excited after having gone. So I'm going to bring him on. His name is Dave Clark, and we'll get this show on the road. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Dale Clark. I'm sorry I said Dave. I apologize. It's, it's all right. It happens all the time. <laughs> so tell me about yourself, sir. How did you come to become the tour curator at Waverly Hills? I grew up about five miles away from it. And mm -hmm. I'm an old man. When I was young, it was still open as a nursing home. And it closed and became a... Uh, a place of legend, really. I do believe I am the only person that graduated from my high school that didn't break in up there. And I started helping out with tours about 21 years ago. And uh, I left for a little while, came back. It's very hard to leave it behind. And I'm just still there. I took the director of tours job in January Mm -hmm. In September, I took the executive director job, so now I'm kind of in charge of everything that goes on up there. Is this one of those places that was, uh, because it, be, it was a sanatorium one time, is it one of these places that, that, you know, like in high school, it's, okay, I dare you to go in there, or you take your girlfriend in there because it, it's it's supposed to be haunted? It was, you know, it was the 80s, so it, right. to be honest with you, it was a place to hang out and get high. Okay, okay, I mean, that's cool. Realistically, that's what it was. And, but that's a lot cool. of people got scared away. Um, homeroom, it was very common for somebody to say they'd been up there over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And something that they couldn't explain ran them out of the building. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we have a, a former um, sanatorium up by where I live as well in Colfax. That was used for TV as well. Okay. But I think it's a newer facility. I believe it's a newer facility. One of my yeah, aunts, just, I think, went up there. We just had our 95th birthday for this wow. birthday. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so uh, any time that you went there, did you notice any activity at all when, when you would go in there? I noticed things moving around the first night I ever went in there. We are well known for what we refer to as shadow people. Mm-hmm. You just see things moving around in the building. Sometimes they're shaped like people. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're intelligent. Sometimes they're residual. Sometimes they care that they're, we're there. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. It is very hard to predict. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. 
but uh, I noticed them pretty close to right away, although mm-hmm. not everybody does. It took my wife almost a decade to see them, and I think it was because she tried too hard. Yeah, maybe, huh? Or she just went, or, or somebody felt she wasn't ready, you know, t- to see these things. Well, the history there alone, and, you know, I can't imagine with what had gone on there when it was a TB facility, and then to, and then to make it a re- re- you know, rest thing for senior citizens. That just boggles my mind. Yeah, it, it's so large. I mean, it's a hair under 187,000 square feet. It's just a monstrous building. And even though it's, it's in a, you know, a, residential business type area, depending on what side of it you're on. It's got trees all the way around it. So it feels like you're still out in the middle of nowhere. And it was just still at the time, it was just too big to leave empty. Right. Fortunately, as the, the people, as the buildings changed hands and people have neglected it or one guy even wanted to tear it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the, the situation inside of it has deteriorated badly. We uh, we're like you said, we're also a nonprofit. Everything mm-hmm. after expenses goes back into the building. We need uh, roof repair and windows and all kinds of crazy things just to just to keep it up so that people can still come back and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The way we've got it set up now, you know, originally it was going to be turned into a hotel. We've kind of shelved that idea probably indefinitely now. We're looking to restore the building a little bit at a time, but leave one floor as it is uh, so people can see how far we've come. But as far as tours and investigations and that stuff, I don't think they'll ever stop at this point. We'll be able to do this for as long as people want to come. That's awesome. That's aw- that's really awesome. Can you kind of let, fill everybody in? Because, you know, when we think of, of medical treatments and stuff now, you know, it's, it's all modernized. You know, there, there, there's a drug for, for, for TB and everything now, to, you know, to prevent it. What was it like back in the old days at Waverly Hills? What, what kind of treatment did people get? They sound silly. They did something that was a radical leap forward where they actually started giving them three well-balanced, well-proportioned meals a day. And I know nutrition sounds silly, in 2021 thinking, but Mm -hmm. this was a leap forward because the standard treatment before that was to cram as much raw eggs and milk as they could down a person. So they tied that in with fresh air and sunshine. And those were the three main things that they fought this with. And it sounds silly, Mm -hmm. but it actually worked on a lot of people. I've seen photos that one of them was on uh, the Waverly Hills website where they would put people out in the snow even. Yes, the the solarium on the back of the building, uh, they call Mm -hmm. it the sun porch. There were never windows on the back walls, just screens. And there were beds lined up all the way down and around this thing on the second, third, fourth floors, the far end of the first. And there was a a different kind of setup on the fifth floor. But they would leave them out there for months at a time, regardless of the weather. Yikes. Because it, it, it gets cold in that area. <laughs> I just can't imagine it's being cold out now. there. <laughs> um, tell me about the ghosts in there. You know, like you say, there's you, there's a lot of shadow. You, know, you see a lot of shadows in there. But I also understand there's a there, there's a gentleman that shows up with his dog. Yes, there is a, a homeless gentleman that uh, was killed there. Him uh-huh. and his dog in the eighties. And there is uh, some controversy over what his name may have been. There are several. Um, he is still seen. I have s- seen him finally. It took forever. A lot of the people that work for me saw him, and I've been up there so long, I was, I was starting to get aggravated because I didn't. I did finally see him. He kind of came around the corner and just watched a, a tour group that I had in the building one night, and I was very glad to have seen him. I have never seen the dog, although mm-hmm. a lot of people have, but I have heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it walking down the hallway and just go into a room with no exit, and it, there's just nothing there. Hmm. And there's there's also, I, I, unless I get confused with, with another place, there's phantom nurses as well in there, right, that, that are still doing their job. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have several. They've been There have been several very interesting pictures captured. 
of what appear to be nurses in uniform still working. Which is, I, I hate the thought of that. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, have, have you had the chance to spend the night in there? I have. Um, I have lived uh, dangerously, I guess, because I've fallen asleep in 502. Um, after 21 years, I don't think the building is that scary anymore, although a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, there's just so much interesting stuff that happens in there. We just had a movie filmed up there. Uh, we had a couple of YouTubers up there a couple of weeks ago, and they proclaimed that this is the most active location they've ever been to because it was just something almost all the time. And we encourage, as long as it doesn't hurt the building or hurt the environment, we encourage any type of experiment people want to do, you know, uh, nothing too crazy, no Ouija boards, no seances, no open flames, nothing like that. Right. But anything else, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, Josh Chow and Jason Herod were doing a lot of really cool experiments with uh, freak, sound frequencies, radio frequencies, and it was really, really starting to stir stuff up. And uh, we'd like to continue that, um, maybe have a control group that can't hear that frequency and make sure it's actually storing up the building and not messing with our heads, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. We've got a lot of things going. Um, in the next couple of years, I intend to start a subscription service for cameras that will be in there running pretty much 24 hours a day, nice. uh, not everywhere. Cause people still want to investigate and they want to, you know, everybody, every group's got a you know different way of doing things. And they may not want everybody to know how they do things, right? So it's not everywhere, but a few places, a few, uh, cool spots. I, you know, I see us having cameras in there probably within the next year to 18 months. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, I would love, you know, someday I, I would love to get out there, you know, and, and, and to go visit. I haven't had a chance to, like I said in the intro, I have friends on my team who have gone out there and have come back with some really, really wild reports of, of what, of what they see and what they've experienced, especially down in that body shoot. And what people have to understand is that body shoot wasn't really, a body shoot that, that was used for something else, right? Yes. The, the body shoot is a concrete tunnel with a, uh, exactly 153 steps in it. And it was built to bring building supplies from the railroad tracks up to the top of the hill, mostly the bricks that are on the outside of the building. And it was pretty much dormant. Mm -hmm. But the problem with Waverly is the morgue. We have no idea why is ridiculously tiny. Okay. And we've never been, nobody's ever been able to give us a, a reason that's stuck as to why it's so small. At one point they even converted the maintenance department into an auxiliary morgue. And then when you tie in that the patients could be left on the solarium for months and from the back of the building back there, you can see both roads that come up to the top. So there was no way to discreetly get the bodies down without all the patients seeing them. And we've been told by former employees, former patients, uh, and as you can imagine, 20 years ago, they were easier to find. Um, mm -hmm. That not the whole time the place was open, but from time to time, it would spike up to better than a person an hour. If you mm -hmm. were on the back and you saw that kind of traffic going down, you're not going to feel real good about ever getting well. Oh, Absolutely. So they converted the old construction tunnel into the body chute. They took the See, off. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Well, I was just thinking when people think of a body chute too, I mean, they're thinking it's, it's like a flume deal where, you know, <laughs> down go the bodies, you know, people, I, I, you know, I would think that they took them out on gurneys, right? I mean, just like, just, just like normal bodies. There was a, a metal track in there that okay. a machine pulled the, the hopper with the bricks up. Okay. And they took the hopper off and put a gurney on wheels on it, but it was okay. made to pull, not push. So okay. two orderlies had to walk them down and there was a okay. storage building at the bottom. And then the machine would bring the empty back up. And at the bottom, they'd be loaded into hearses, ambulances, train cars, depending on where they needed to go. It, oh, um, go it's, I grew up five miles from there and didn't see it till I was an adult. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting a giant sliding board. And See? when I, I went up there and it was a, you know, a ramp with a, a whole bunch of steps beside it, 
uh, I was a little disappointed, but people get activity in there. Sure. This, this earlier this year, they're, they're not going to be real happy about me saying this, but we had a bunch of FBI SWAT team guys come in on a private investigation and they brought all their tactical gear and they had their, their, their helmet with the big swing down night vision thing come, covers up one eye and they hadn't been in there very long and they went in the body shoot and 15 minutes later, these five guys that, you know, are, should be afraid of nothing come running out of there all upset. Okay. And it's like, what's the matter? What, what happened? You know, I didn't know if they saw a trespasser, if there was a big snake in there or something like that. And it was like, no, um, we could hear something running up the steps towards us, but there was nothing on the night vision and we don't like things we can't see to shoot. <laughs> that makes sense. Are there opening? I mean, is it open at the other end where an animal could get in there or something, you know, or something like that? No, nothing very big. It would have to be small. We get we get some snakes in there every now and then in a in a bat or two, but that's about mm -hmm. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, see I I I have the same vision you did. You know of, of this thing when I first heard about it that it was it was like a slide or something you know and then down they went right right when they would do that but it makes sense I mean I, I you know I had uh, uh, excuse me I had elderly parents and um, I remember when my dad was in a home you know they, they, they would bring the bodies out through the front to the ambulances and I thought my God don't you know all the residences that are there can see it. You know, they can right. see these bodies being hauled out. It can't be a good thing when, when somebody's, you know, that whole waiting for God squad thing like, like it was on the Channel 6 show, right? Right. So I can understand that when there's as many people dying at that time at Waverly Hills, how they would have to find a way to get them out without upsetting the other patients. Right. And it was a an unbelievably vast operation. I mean, at its largest, it was over 600 acres, 28 separate buildings. There were a total of four hospitals up there. Mm -hmm. um, the first one broke ground 1908 up to 1910. It was a, had about 40 beds. It rumor has it, it filled to capacity in the first nine days. It wasn't enough. Jefferson County, because of the Ohio river, it's like living in a swamp. Mm -hmm. Our weather here is so weird. I mean, it just, it got cold today for the first time this year. And it was 80 degrees three days ago, and it's 24 right now. Uh, Yikes. It's, it's, a, it's a big swing. We always say our weather's bipolar because you can have all four seasons in a week. So the second hospital opened in 1912 was a little bit bigger. The third hospital, the one that everybody knows and loves, broke ground in 1924. It was mm -hmm. officially dedicated October 20th, 1926. And it's, it's the one that everybody thinks of. And that's right. cool. Once it became online, unfortunately, Waverly is not immune to history. All right. I, I wish this wasn't true, but I always tell people the good, the bad, and the ugly. Waverly, like everything else at the time, was segregated. And the second hospital became the African-American hospital, but it was so small, it wasn't good enough. So they built one more hospital in 1935 right in front of that one. And that became the African-American hospital. And then the second hospital became quarters for the African-American staff. Uh, both of those buildings are gone, but I would really like to at least get one of them rebuilt because I think it's important to remember that they were there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, when you guys, when people are working on the restoration, you know, of Waverly, like I know for a long time, there weren't a lot of windows left in the place. Were there reports from the construction workers that, that they were having encounters with with things, or, or, or was it fairly quiet? No, no. They get uh, they hear they'll come out and go, "Okay, who was in there? Nobody. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? No, somebody was down at the end of the hallway giggling. Man, there's nobody in there. No, they were down there. And then every time I set my hammer down, when I went back to get it, it was somewhere else. You know, they, they complain about tools moving, that somebody's beating on stuff down the hallway trying to get their attention. Uh, there, there's a lot of lot of complaints. I think whatever it is, the beating and banging, I think it's mimicking the noise they're making because there is something in there sure. that can, it copies voices, it copies form. 
Um, it, it's a little creepy. I've heard my wife yell my name when she wasn't even there. And she's heard me. And it's, oh, that is creepy. It, it, it's weird. Just, just yell your name down the hallway in the dark and there's nobody there. Oh, that is creepy. That's really creepy. That's, that's oh yikes yeah yeah I can't wait to go there I mean that's one thing I want to do is get there that, that, that that's on my wish list as a paranormal investigator is to actually get to wait for the hills but you let me know we'll figure something out I okay all right all right cool 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 I got a really good team that can go in there and and do some things you know right. um I'm just fascinated by the fact that you guys like you're, you're, you're there practically every day, you know, and, and you understand it. Do you think, you know, I always felt going into haunted locations, like when you repeatedly go somewhere, I've always felt that the ghosts inside the location become familiar with you. So they're more relaxed and they'll, they'll act out more, mm-hmm. not in bad ways, but, but, but cause they're more relaxed around you. They're going to, you know, the, they're going to, I'm not going to say perform, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and has that happened to you because they know you when you go in there? Yes. Yes, um, I am up there since I took the other job in September. I've had two days off. Uh, I've been up there pretty much every day. Um, we just finished up October, which is our largest fundraiser month of the year. And we're all, all most of my staff is volunteer. So we're all exhausted. And we're actually, we took a week off this week. Uh, just because everybody kind of needed to spend some time with their family and that sort of thing. Although I've still been up there every day, but you know, it is nice. You know, I hear things moving through the building during the day. I'll, I'll go inside. Cause most of the time I stay in the two story wing. Uh, that's where my office is. Mm-hmm. And it, um, w- I'll go in there for one thing or another and, you know, I'll start hearing stuff moving around and there's no furniture left. Not really. And you'll hear what sounds like a bed being drug across the floor. Or, you know, some, it sounds like something heavy. And, um, cause I do like to, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm a big guy. I like to eat. I'll go hit a drive through and bring it back and I'll walk up and have lunch on the roof, which is one of my favorite things in the world to do. And it's, it's just amazing. There's no better place to be. Um, I really, I have the best job in the world right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do they like to tease you? Did, you know, as far as like uh, lure you over to stuff? Because like I said, they're used to you now. So are, are they tricksters with you? Are, you know, do they mess with you? They, they like to play tricks um <laughs> i i've had uh you know i set something down and go to grab it and it's and it's moved uh especially if you're trying to there was I, i'm not gonna lie about this for years we lied about something all right we told everybody for years that there was not a single surviving pane of glass on an outside wall the last uh-huh. time the building changed hands which was not true there was one little one left and we didn't want it to become a target, so we lied for years. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll give an example. Me and my assistant tour director, her name is Melanie, were upstairs, and we were taking this piece of glass out because we're getting ready to have temporary windows put in to keep the water out. Uh-huh. And we didn't want anything to happen to this piece of glass, so we're, we're going to start a museum up next year, and we want this piece of glass for the museum. So we took it out. And I had put a crowbar down in a window seal and I'm stretched way out, you know, and I'm, I'm holding the ladder and I need to grab this crowbar. And all of a sudden it's, it was right where I set it. And now it's just out of arm's reach. Uh, So yes, that's the kind of stuff they do to me in there. Every once in a while I tell them, Hey guys, I don't have time today. Just leave me alone. I'm busy. And they usually do believe it or not. And then then the next day all bets are off. Yeah, I think that goes back, like I said, to being familiar with you, you know, because they know you're not going to do anything against them. So they're going to be more cooperative with you a little bit, you know? Oh, no, no. I try to be as uh, as respectful to them as we can be. Absolutely. What do you think is the most haunted location in 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 the place? We don't have one. 
Okay. Uh, that is one of the most commonly, that's a very good question because it is the, one of the most commonly asked questions that we get. The, the problem is, is the whatever is going on in there. Mm-hmm. If it, it, it's like a, it moves like the tide. It ebbs and flows and it, it it's, and it's fluid. It, it just, it just moves around. I told people, um, I was on a TV show that they filmed last winter that aired a few months ago. And everybody thinks that, that they gave me this line. And I've actually said this for years. It's if you go in there to investigate and nothing's going on, break mm-hmm. completely off from your group, go to a floor that nobody else is on and sit in one of the bends in the hallway to where you can look in both directions and just wait. Just sit in the dark and wait. They will find you. I promise. You just have to pay attention and be respectful and they will find you. I mean, this just totally interests me in that, like I said, I've never been there before, but being in different haunted locations, it sounds familiar yet. I mean, there's something weird. I've never investigated a hospital. That, that would be a first for me. But there's just something weird about being in a hospital environment. I think the closest I've come here is Preston Castle, you know, where, where they have an infirmary. You know, that's the closest. Okay. And, you know, it's like just something about being in a hospital is kind of creepy anyway. You know, even, yeah. even a former yeah. hospital. I agree. I agree. And it, it's hard to prepare if you've never been there as an investigation team. It's hard to wrap your head around 187,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And I am our biggest fundraiser year in the past was always a haunted house, which I am in the process of phasing out. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several reasons. Uh, COVID is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's our, we have a lot of people that love it, but it is, it's, it's hectic. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it is, it is unbelievably hard to put on. Um, and I'm not saying we'll never have one again. There's a good chance we will, but it'll probably be much smaller than it ever was in the past. But what that's allowing me to do is I've already got a couple and we're going to work on this all winter because we're not going to close and we're going to keep, pushing through we're getting rid of or moving all the haunted house stuff out and opening up areas of the first floor that people haven't been able to get into for years. Nice. Uh, I've got the lab open, uh, which still has the original lab table in there. And I'm, my next goal is x-ray uh, because that they've used that in the haunted house. Cause everybody thought that, Oh, they built the coolest maze in here at all. <laughs> It was already there. It's the dark room for x-ray. It switches back on itself to keep the light out. Um, No, it's in its original and it's cool. Um, I have every intention of sometime next year um, trying to get the nurse's wing on the first floor reopened because people haven't been able to investigate in there forever. I mean, it seems like a decade or better. And I'm just going to keep going until we get this more investigator friendly, more tour friendly, uh, push away from the hotel, away from the haunted house and, um, and just keep going in that direction. And we're going to start restoring. We're already working on the roof. We're going to put, uh, some, some temporary windows in there, uh, that will make the building a little darker, uh, which doesn't bother me any at all. Right. Uh, Although, uh, my wife is worried that, you know, you do need some ambient light to see shadow people. Mm-hmm. She's worried that that may affect it. But if it does, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't think sure. it will. But, you know, I will say sometimes she is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a good there's a good, you know, if it turns out that it's an issue, we'll fix it. Sure. Um, I have made great strides to try to take care of people this year as much as I can. Uh, there have been some people that have asked me for some unrealistic things that I haven't been able to come through on, but if it's in normal business parameters, mm-hmm. we're trying to do it. We're trying to be more friendly to customers in general. Um, we have a pump house that you can rent and it's never really taken on. It's unbelievably nice. 
it's never really taken off. I mean, some uh-huh. people rent it and it, it's not bad. It sleeps 24 people and it's, you know, an extra, I think 250 right. a night is what it has been so far. But I think part of the reason is because you couldn't check into it until right before your investigation started. So I'm going to open it up like three and a half hours before that. That way Mm -hmm. people can come in, they can unload, they can get out their luggage, they can take a shower or take a nap if they want to. And then, then they can go come up the hill and cause it's at the bottom, right? come up the hill and, and, and start their investigation without feeling like they're rushed. Right. Um, I'm hoping that helps. We'll see. My question that keeps coming into my head is about the whole hotel thing. I mean, if you if you know it's that actively haunted, what type of people were you? Well, I guess maybe mostly ghost hunters. You know, would would, would come up to stay in it? Had they gone yeah, with it? the thing I didn't like about the hotel idea is most of the inside was going to have to be gutted, mm-hmm. uh, and it would really just have been the facade of the building, which breaks most of our hearts that that work up there. Uh, this way, if we just restored a little bit of time and, you know, it's it, parts of it are in pretty bad shape. I will not live to see this project completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least if I can get it going good enough and get it started, it won't be that hard for somebody to just keep it going to get it finished. Um, I do believe that the building will be restored at some point. Uh, we expect to someday put a smaller hotel somewhere else on the grounds. Sure. We're, we even want to design it to where it's shaped like the, the original hospital, the little, the little hospital. Uh, just try to keep, we want to restore several of the buildings that used to be on the grounds. Out of the original 28, there are four left. Um, we've got the, the main building that everybody loves. Uh, the pump house, the laundry room, and a boiler room. And that's that's about it. That's all that's left. A lot of foundations broken up in the woods. I can understand that. Um, let's talk about the morgue a little bit, because you mentioned that it's a lot smaller than, you know, people can imagine it being. How many, I don't want to say it, be insensitive, but how many drawers are actually in there for bodies? I mean, you know. To, there are only three. Wow. It is a, uh, there's some dummy ones in there that are left over from the haunted house, but I'm going to get them taken out. Um, it is, there are only three and there were, you know, tables in there for other ones to lay on. Their autopsy room is actually next door. The morgue was just for storage and they were required to autopsy unless it was something other than tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. They were only required to autopsy a very small percentage for research purposes. So for the most part, they didn't stay very long. They were, they were just moving them. Let's get them out. Sure. And it's, uh, it's, you know, there's a subject of controversy about whether there was a crematorium at the bottom of the body chute. None of us can agree. There mm-hmm. is something with a smokestack down there. And some of the very old pictures, the building is long gone. Most, I personally think it was a garbage incinerator because it's not very big, but there are other people who claim it was a crematorium. At this point, we're not for sure what it was, Uh, but we always, whenever there's a a story that's controversial, like the homeless man's name, we always tell people, this is one of the things that we don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. And we, we try very hard to keep, um, fact where it's fact and stuff that we we've been told as a story or whatever we we try to tell people the truth of what we know what this was where did it come from you know there's a lot of stories out there paranormal groups have gotten information off of spirit boxes and that sort of thing right and that is very cool right and nobody can say that it's not but does that necessarily mean that it's fact right most of us have heard that spirits lie. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we try to give people, you know, the there's a story out there of, about a nurse that, that was hurt badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have people that still tell that story. Um, we try to keep names out of it. But it's, you know, but we tell people this is one possibility of many 
that could have happened on this floor. And that's just kind of the way we go at it. We try very, very hard to make sure every group that comes there that we don't push our experience on them. I want everybody that comes there to have their own. It, it, because if, if I try to push my experience on everybody and control uh-huh. it, then it's not a, it's, it's, it's getting dangerously close to a religion. And uh-huh. that's not what this is. This is a way I want Waverly to be for everybody. Sure. Sure. That was my next question. Um, can you tell us about some of, I, you know, other than the patients passing away, some of the tragedies that happened on the property? Uh, there have been several um, incidents when the, when the building changed hands last time, there was police tape spread out between the trees all over the place. I mean, it was everywhere. Uh, there, there have been bodies found up there in the woods as far back that I'm aware of in the sixties. Uh, hmm. There was the first time cause they found a, a senior ring of somebody who had disappeared in like 1965 and they found the remains up there. And it, it's, there has been uh, uh, the homeless man and his dog killed. There have been reported uh, from the kids party and, you know, maybe some uh, assaults, that sort of thing. There, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of bad things that have went on around it. We just, we try really, really hard to remember the, the good that the people were trying to get accomplished there. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the reactions you get? You know, uh, do you, are you guys doing primarily ghost hunter tours in there or do you take re- regular type tours through there? We have, uh, we have guided tours during the day. We call them uh-huh. historical tours. Uh-huh. And then we have some, uh, some guided tours at night and they both run the par- we call them paranormal tours. They are not, you know, they're not ghost hunting. It's, it's, right. We lead you through the building. We do try to watch some shadow people at one point, but it's more to give you a taste and feel of the building because we don't let allow flashlights. It's it's more of a get comfortable with the building, and then maybe we can get you to come back and stay a little <laughs> longer. Um, and then we offer a, what we call a public investigation where I have investigation leads in there. I bought several pieces of equipment. They are in the building. It's more of a, for a beginner. It's like a beginner's course mm-hmm. because they are more hands-on now than we've ever been. And they are doing experiments in the building and the people can either choose to join them, choose to watch, or they can go off on their own. It's up to them. And that's how the, the public ones work. Um, that tends to be, it, it can be frustrating for your, your more experienced groups because there, there are more people. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, we always try to say that this is more of a, more of a beginner course. And then the privates, which have been hard to get a hold of uh-huh. uh, in the past, because we used to only be open six months out of the year. Uh-huh. I'm going to see if it catches on, we'll, we'll stay open all year round. If it don't, we'll look at maybe eight months instead of six. I don't think six was enough. I'm not sure all year round is the right choice, but we're going to try it. Uh, I've already got dates sold several through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And there's still quite a few openings in December for privates, but uh, I think it's people, they got stuff to do in December. There's family stuff to do. It's getting cold. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they don't all sell, they don't all sell. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but we're going to take care of the people who still want to come. And then probably the end of this month, I'll be putting up the first quarter of 2022, uh, January, February, March, maybe April. And then we'll go from there. I'll probably put up like the next three or four months in February. And we'll go from there and just chip away a little bit at a time and see what works for all of our customers that want to come. Uh, I'd like to be able to get, I mean, there are so many people who I hear tell me, I've been trying to get in there for 10 years. Well, I, I need to fix that. Absolutely. 
Yes. What have, what what has been the reaction of the, like you talk about the day tours? You know, just the come on in and I'll take you on this paranormal tour and tell you what's going on in here. Have you had anybody that uh, actually saw anything or had a rea- or had a feeling or a reaction while while they were doing essentially the walkthrough on the tour? Yes, I have people that uh, that they a lot of especially women sometimes uh-huh. they get uh, ill on the fifth floor. It's happened quite a, it happened quite a bit in the last probably six weeks. And it, um, we have people see stuff out of the corner of their eye. They're not sure what they, what they saw. The weird thing is, you know, there's a lot of debris in there. Uh, the walls are concrete and there's little pieces of it. So you'll get a concrete chip come flying at you horizontally. You know, it's not like it fell. It's right. just like somebody threw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens from time to time. And the daytime tours are, the weird thing is, is I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever do this, but it, the weird thing, I have had several emails this year, probably about 14 of them asking about daytime investigations. And I never thought of it before. I don't know right. if it's something that people would want to do. Uh, but I'll definitely look into it. Um, if that's something that our customers want, we'll mm-hmm. definitely give it a shot. Well, there, you know, ghost hunters, uh, some of them believe anyway that there's just as much, well, you're probably being there during the day. You know that too. There's just mm-hmm. as much activity going on as there is at night anyway. Yeah. You just have to pay attention. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I think the whole thing with it too, is that one of the reasons why we ghost hunt in the dark is because it's more, more exciting to do it at night. Oh, I agree. Yeah, or during the We're day, all looking for a little light. bit of a yeah. thrill, right? Yeah, I mean that—that's that's what it's all about—is you know the thrill of the chase, and that just the darkness just adds something to it. What is one of the most scariest things that has happened to you in the building? Um, in two thousand and four, I was uh, without going into too much personal information. I was going sure, through a absolutely. Ugly, I was going through a very ugly divorce. All right. And I was worried about my kids. My mind was a million miles away. We didn't do overnights. We didn't do investigations yet. It was just tours. There were no Mm -hmm. reservations. We opened the gate at a certain time and however many people showed up, we'd take 30, 40 people on a tour at a time until everybody went through. And it was, it was chaos. I mean, it put us on the map, but it was chaos. And I was going through the building. The building hadn't been sealed up yet. Uh, there were still, uh, there were no windows replaced. A lot of the doors were still log chain shut. So I was going through the building unlocking and it was dusk. I was the only person in the building. No power had been restored yet. And I had one last door to open the door to the fifth floor. I was going up that last set of steps and it hit me hard enough to knock me up three steps and the closest thing I can say, it felt it felt like a cane hit me across the shoulder blades. And all the steps up there have marble caps on them. And when I landed, the marble cap on the step scraped a, a piece of skin off my shin. And it looks like a bullet scar, but I've never been shot. And that's probably the thing that, that was the, the, the scariest. You angered some little old man. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that was somebody left over from the nursing home. I don't think that was the one. I'm sure. Thing. <laughs> okay, so a little old man with a cane that got peeled at you or something. I nailed you. <laughs> uh, I must have stepped on his last cigarette or something. I'm not I sure. I guess. <laughs> stepped on his foot, didn't realize it. Boom! <laughs> Take you out with a cane. What, um, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? Uh, I do like taking care of people and and bringing people in and showing them that maybe there's something going on. We don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, that maybe there's something else. You know, we have a story about a a pair of sisters that one of them passed away there and one of them made it. And we, several ghost hunting groups over the years have captured the EVP of uh, a whisper of the name of the sister who made it, you know, Mm. It was the sister who died's name was Lois and the sister who made his name was Audrey. And we always thought that Lois who died there was looking for her sister because we just get Audrey, you know, whispered on all these EVPs. 
And last year was the mm-hmm. first time anybody ever got a response. And it was just after the Audrey came, it was Lois. Wow. Now, Audrey didn't die there. But if they found each other, wherever we go to next, that's just cool. I don't care that who you really are. Cool. That's just awesome. Us, that, that is that, that is super, super, super cool. That is awesome. You're right. It's awesome. Um, are women more affected by what's going on there or as opposed to men? Depends on the area. Uh, there are a lot of women who seem to be with whatever happened on the fifth floor, whatever version of the story you choose to believe in. I, I trust, you know, wh- whatever you believe is, is true for you. All right. That's, that's what I tell people. There are several versions of what went on up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I can tell you is something happened to a woman and it was probably bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, look, look at, let, let's face the facts. Even that was a long time ago. Women have never been treated well. In mm-hmm. a lot of ca- t- cases, they still aren't. If you're friends with a woman and you talk to, if you gain her trust enough, I don't care who they are. Every woman on the planet has a story where something happened that shouldn't have. Every single woman on the planet. I, and I hate that. And whatever happened up there, women do tend to be affected by it. I mean, there is a, you know, a possibility that someone may have been sexually assaulted. There is a possibility that someone, because the, the men at the time at the national level of the tuberculosis board decided that women were strong enough to be pregnant and fight the disease at the same time, you know, there was that this was an abortion gone wrong because they were already doing them by a nurse that may have gotten pregnant by a doctor that was married to somebody else. I mean, everything up there, all the stories, no matter which way they go are bad. Right. That area does tend to affect women stronger. And is it because too, that the women were separated from the men? At one point, yes, because Waverly was a weird place. Because everybody, we don't know for sure how many people died there, mm-hmm. but we know that they lost a lot. But we know they saved a lot too. But everybody who came there was expecting to die, so they partied. Okay. I mean, they did. They drank a tremendous amount of bourbon, and then <laughs> when prohibition hit. They started making their own booze and they would uh, in it with an airborne pathogen. Sure. Babies being born is bad. Right. So there was a lot of uh, promiscuity. Mm-hmm. So they ended up segregating the floors by sex at one point and somehow that made things worse. We've had several reports that they would go out to the screens on the solarium and poke holes in them and pass notes back and forth with string to arrange midnight rendezvous in whatever restroom they were brewing their hooch in after most of the nursing staff had went to sleep. Um, I talked to a gentleman once who was, who had ended up marrying his, he was a patient there and he married his nurse. Um, And he was old and gruff and ridiculously blunt and, he was so blunt. There's nothing I can tell you right now on air that he said to me, nothing mm-hmm. is safe. <laughs> uh, and he's, he just sat there telling all these, these stories, chain smoking camel non filters. And, you know, it was the, uh, he was a cool old guy to talk to, but I mean, it, it was crazy. Um, it did have harmful effects though. We know of a family that got completely wiped out by TB, except for two of the kids, a boy named Charlie, who was nine, and a little girl named Sarah, who was seven. And they got caught up in the floor segregation because there were children on every floor. Mm -hmm. Charlie was on the third floor. Sarah was on the second. They were completely alone. They didn't know anybody else there. They couldn't be together. So twice a day, they would walk over to a stairwell and just stand at the door and talk to each other through the stairwell twice a day. And that was the only time they got to talk to each other. And that is 
that's one of the side effects of all the adults partying. Uh, but yeah, there were, there were some crazy things that happened in there. Now there are, uh, children seen in the building, right? Yes. There are several pictures, my personal opinion, which doesn't mean much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take emotion out of the picture, if you take fear, because when people, the, when they talk about paranormal experiences, I always tell people the same thing. Be careful what you wish for if it's never happened to you, because you never know how <laughs> it's going to affect you the first time. That's true. You know, and, but if you take fear out of it, a lot of the stuff up there, you can construe to kids. You know, mm-hmm. they play jokes. They try to get your attention. What child hasn't thrown a tantrum? Right. I mean, there are other things going on up there. I mean, I can't really explain Big Black. I'm, he's just an entity that has no shape. He just blocks out every ounce of light at the end of the hallway and usually moves toward you. I've mm-hmm. had him move through me once. He's extremely cold. Um, and then we have another thing up there called the creeper. A lot of people see it crawling on the ceiling. I have a different theory about that one. I just haven't been able to prove it yet. Uh, I haven't had enough people in the building that weren't, it's hard for us to do, to take over when somebody else is investigating in there. We don't want to tread on their turf, Mm -hmm. but personally, I think it's something stuck in between floors. So when you see it on the ceiling, I'm thinking that it's on the floor of the floor above you. Okay. Um, but I don't know for sure yet, but I'm going to find out. I promise. What do you think uh, is the most friendly of, of all the uh, ghosts in there? If there is one. Uh, probably the, the children. We get a lot okay. of people uh, and it's usually a, a mother. They'll, they'll, they'll feel something uh, tug on their, their shirt tail or if they're carrying a bag or, or something, they'll, they'll feel something kind of, you know, almost like a kid, you know, Hey, I need your attention. You know, that kind of thing. I just wonder when you talk about women getting physically ill on the one floor, you know, I was on the queen Mary um, many, many years ago doing that hokey paranormal tour they have. And um, all of a sudden I, I got really uh, physically ill near, near this one diet dining salon area and i was told by i didn't say anything to anybody except my friend who was with me and i was told by the tour guide or the, he, t- he told us that a little girl had been washed over or jumped overboard or had been washed overboard at that point and she would attach herself to women so she would see women coming and she she would run th- to them you know through them so i wonder if that's a little bit of what's going on with these little kids you know with, with these women is that you know when they're up there these kids see them and they think oh you know my mom or whatever. And, and, and they run through them. Well, that's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Um, my wife, the first time she saw a full apparition, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was a young child, but mm-hmm. from some of the other people who have described it, because after she saw it, several people and she didn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. several other people started seeing it as well. I, I, I think it looks like a, a teenage girl walking down the hallway Mm-hmm. Um, usually wearing a, a white dress or nightgown, long hair parted in the middle. Um, and people, we started seeing her, my wife Renee saw her first uh, a few years ago, and we don't even bring it up till people say they start seeing her. And we go, yeah, well, we've never given her a name. We have no idea what her name is, but yeah, it's, it's the lady in white and, we, we see her, she's usually on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And she She's usually active about this time of year. I don't mm-hmm. think she likes um, the the haunted house crowd. Uh, maybe not. Bit. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not. Um, I just keep thinking about how active that place must be. I mean, like I said, I've never been there myself. And like, like you go there every day to work. I would just be looking over my shoulder all the time. Or after a while, you get used to it, I guess. You do. You, you can get used to anything. I, I, t- I tune the noises out. I don't, you know, I, I just hired somebody as, as an assistant. And they, they were sitting behind me the other day. And they go, are you hearing that? And I'm like, no, I didn't hear a thing. What was it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it does that every now and then. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. 
<laughs> and it just, it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't, uh, after all these years and the last couple of months spending just about every day there, um, it, it, it doesn't, you, you just, you get, I still think it's cool and I don't take it for granted at all. Right. Um, I meant when I said a minute ago, I have the best job in the world right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you think about that place and you think about all the energy there, you know, there's, I mean, it's ripe for a haunting. It's just ripe for a haunting with everything that, that went on over the years. Plus, you know, um, energy sticks to surfaces. So you've got all that energy from not only the, the, it being a TB ward, but you've got the energy from the senior citizen home and it's all stuck in the wood there. I mean, you can't help but have stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, the thing is, I try to tell everybody that we have a little something for everybody, even if people aren't into the paranormal at all. Mm-hmm. The architecture of the place is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful building. And it, um, the, when you start looking at the things that, that happen there, you know, people who've given us homemade diaries of their, their loved ones who, who passed there and, you know, they, their families stopped coming because they were afraid to catch it and they were completely mm-hmm. alone and didn't know what to do and wasn't sure what was happening. And, and then they ended up passing. I mean, it's it's better than any movie I've ever seen. I'll put it that way. And I had read um, that before they knew, like you say, that it was airborne. That a lot of, that there were a lot of families that, that did go visit. Yes. And then they would carry it back out. You know, by chance they might get it, carry it back out to the public. Yes, and uh, there for a while, yeah, they didn't know it was airborne. They didn't know how it was transmitted. And then once they figured it out, uh, tuberculosis was treated as a plague. Mm-hmm. And it was the same things that they did for the Spanish flu and COVID. Mm-hmm. They did all that same stuff for for TB. They had to stay six feet apart. They had to social distance. They couldn't touch. They had to wear masks. Um uh, Staying outside where the air was, the building is shaped really funny. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of weird bends to it because it's it's actually designed to catch air. So the air up there is it's almost always in motion, even when it's calm outside. It's just mm-hmm. the, this weird shaped building on top of this hill that's kind of tilted at a weird angle, and it's just that's what it's for. It's made to catch the air, and it it's it's just a it's just an amazing place. I, I I wish everybody could come there at least once. Me too. I I, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to work on getting out there with some okay. of my team members to come out and visit you. You know, I was thinking about my aunt while you were talking about the treatments and stuff too. I know she ended up having a lung removed. Yes. There were several radical, radical sur- surgeries that were tried at Waverly. Cause mm-hmm. at one point Waverly was the, the, the ground zero for, all the new research and everything that they were trying. Mm-hmm. And there were low bactomies of lungs. There were complete lung removal. Um, there was something called an autonomothorax where they would manually collapse a lung. There was something called thoracoplasty where they would start removing ribs. Um, there was another uh, procedure and I apologize. I can't ever remember what this one's called sure. where they, they run a, a deflated balloon down into your lung and then blow it up to push the, the infection out of the way. And, you know, then it's easy to forget in modern day times, in the United States that tuberculosis is not a lung disease. Mm-hmm. It can attack any organ in your body. And they did have electroshock therapy for people who had TB of the brain. And that's sounds Awful. Oh my gosh. That's the room on the first floor. I'm not going to lie. I, I am. I don't, I'm not saying that people don't have it. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe that there are people who are sensitive to things out there. All right. I, mm-hmm. I do. I don't have that though. Mm-hmm. But electroshock is a room I am not comfortable in. I don't like Ooh. it. No, no, thank you. And no, there's nothing you. left in there. I mean, there's, it's, it's just a room, but I just happen to know what it is. Right. And I don't like it. Wow, that's just craziness. 
Dale, thank you so much for coming on. I know, I, I know it's late for you, but I really, I was excited to have you on. I was looking forward to this interview so much, and I just really appreciate it so much. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I hope I, 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 I hit all the high points that you wanted me to. I really Absolutely. Do. And how can people get a hold of you for these tours? Let them know where Waverly is, too, for the people that don't know. Uh, we are in Louisville, Kentucky, and you can go to therealwaverlyhills.com. Uh, click on the reservations page. You can either make a reservation for there if you're having any trouble. There's an email address at the bottom that will come straight to me. All right, cool. Thank you again, son. I would love to have you on another time as well to talk about this because this was just absolutely fascinating. Whenever you want. All right. You just All right. Have okay, Dale, you have a good rest of your evening, sir. All right. Thank you. Bye you bye. too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was something, boy. You know, I, like I said, I'd never been to Waverly Hills, so I was excited to talk about it tonight. I was, in fact, I, I couldn't hardly, it was, it was like a kid at Christmas. You know, I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't sleep last night because I was just thinking about this, this, this interview that I was going to do today. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming. Tomorrow night, we are going to be on an hour later. We're going to be on at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we have Dr. Lynn Katai is going to be on talking to us about the Phoenix Lights. So that's going to be an interesting one as well. Um, like I said earlier, um, you know, uh, this is non this whole operation here is nonprofit. Comes out of my pocket uh, between this and the paranormal group that I run, and uh, we want to stay on the air and we want to keep bringing great guests like Dale on and Lynn Katai and other and others. And so, you know, if you guys could help me out a little bit, you know, to pay the bills here, that would be great. You know, like I said, I want to stay on the air. You can do it at uh, PayPal.me at California Haunts. Um, the other thing is that if you like the show, share it with five people. If you didn't like the show, share it with, share it anyway, because we're equal opportunity sharing here, and we want to get the word out about this show as much as possible. I see Jennifer came in to join us tonight. Marisa came in to join us tonight, and it's good to see you guys. It really is good to see you guys, gals. I'm sorry. Um, YouTube, we're getting really close to our subscribers that we need to get our dedicated URL at YouTube, but uh, we're still we're still about 10 away from where we need to be, and uh, it would be great if you guys could go to our website at www.californiahauntsradio.com and click on one of, the, one of the videos there. We have all our archives are there as well. Click on one of those videos, and you, from there you can get to YouTube and subscribe. Because uh, the more once we get past 100 subscribers and it, it kind of maintains there, we're going to be able to um, get our dedicated URL so you don't have to monkey with that and just go find us on YouTube, right? That's what everybody wants is to be found on YouTube. So that's our big goal. But like I said, um, I don't like begging for money. I don't, you know, I'm one of these people. I'm very proud like that. But, you know, uh, I am funding all this out of my pocket. And it would be great if, you know, if, if somebody could donate here and there for us to uh, keep this thing on the air. Because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being, bringing these guests to you guys. I really enjoy it. And I, and I think you guys in, enjoy hearing them and, and seeing them. So, again, that's PayPal.me at California Haunts. In the meantime, like I said, I will see you tomorrow at, uh, at 7.30 p.m. It's late for me to do it, but I'm excited to have Dr. Lynn Katai come on to talk about uh, the Phoenix Lights. Okay? So I will see you guys, and let me queue everything up. I'm queuing things. I love que I love queuing things. I just love pushing buttons. You know, that's the fun that was just pushing buttons. Oh, the other thing, I got two announcements to make, actually. If you're interested in having a seance, if you want to attend a seance on Friday night, we're putting on a seance event on uh, Zoom on Friday night. And uh, that's seance, that also includes, for the, for the $35 cost, that also includes a uh, five-minute psychic reading. And during that reading, if one of your relatives happens to come through or anything like that, the psychic will also kind of extend that five minutes to do the reading for you. Um, she said it's Stephanie Page Belson, uh, psychic from, who's been with our team for about 15 years off and on. And she's going to be doing the readings and I will be hosting the event. And you can find information about that event at www.californiahauntsradio.com. Go up to the top, click on events, and you will see it, it'll pop up for you. But again, you know, it, it, it's $35, but you're getting a five minute reading, individual reading. And also, like I said, if, if one of your loved ones comes through, then She'll also do a reading for that as well. So come on and join us on Friday evening. That's going to be 7.30 Pacific time. And uh, I hope to see you there. In the meantime, I will see you tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Have a good evening.